The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish. Welcome, everybody, to Rebound Radio. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Another installment of Rebound Radio, Voice America Radio, right here in Phoenix, Arizona. We've got a jam-packed show today. We will obviously cover the second round of the NBA playoffs. We will have, hopefully, a very special guest, Major Jones, the president of the Houston chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. The NBRPA rolls off the tongue finally after three weeks. (laughs) And in our first segment, John Inglesby will join us. He has a show here on Voice America uh, out of the East Coast. I believe it's Boston. And that uh, show is called All Around Sports on Fridays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, John's a great guy, and he definitely knows a lot about sports. In the first segment, we're going to kind of overview the show. And uh, first, as we do every week, and we will do for the uh, next few weeks at least, we will preface again what Rebound Magazine and what the NBRPA are all about. And uh, there's nobody better to talk about it than former NBA star Matt Fish. Matt, how's your week going so far? Let's start with that. Pretty good, Alex. Uh, how's your week going? You know, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I'm happy to be here. This is the uh, best part of my week. So, you know, yeah. we, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. Tell the people that maybe didn't listen to the first couple shows what Rebound Magazine and the NBRPA are all about. Sure. Uh, transitioning athletes from the days of playing until the days after is always a difficult uh, endeavor. And I even went through it myself, and it was difficult when I was done playing. I didn't really know what to do after the game was over. In 1992, uh, some former NBA players decided it was time to get together, make a group of people that can help, you know, and and why not have former pro athletes helping former pro athletes? And so the NBRPA was born in 92, and it has grown and grown and grown and continued to grow. And I got involved after I was done playing the game of basketball, and it has assisted me in a variety of different ways so much that I wanted to continue to help other pro athletes transition and even the current players understand that you need to be ready that the game the game is going to end it someday in your life and you know I thought I could play forever but I I proved that I couldn't um so we all grow up and we all grow a little older and hopefully we all grow a little smarter and the NBRPA exists to help those transitioning athletes yeah and that's you know it's it's a great message and it's coming from a place of uh, uh genuine uh concern and and wanting to help former athletes you know, continue on in life. And with the jersey coming off, people sometimes, you know, uh, overlook those players that were once on their favorite teams that they once cheered for. And we have players close to us that are going through tough times, you know, finding jobs and and things like that and not necessarily getting the opportunities wanted and needed. And uh, it's unfair a lot of times, especially after, 
you know, getting going back to school and getting degrees and everything. And it's it's something near and dear to the NBRPA's heart and, and Rebound Magazine as a whole. And Matt, you speak very passionately about this from personal experience and from and from you know, friends of yours that, that are going through the same journey as you, what are some of the things that, uh, that the NBRPA can really do to like the little idiosyncrasies that makes the NBRPA a little different? Well, you know, the NBRPA is the only uh, group that works with former pro athletes. Uh, you know, WNBA has, has been, you know, and they should have been uh, part of the membership uh, about a year and a half ago. They they opened it up for the WNBA. And, you know, every athlete, though, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what sport, but this happens to be catered a little more to the basketball side of thing. They help you with, you know, addiction and financial literacy. And obviously financial literacy is a big area of concern. Absolutely. Investing in portfolio and franchise and health. A big one is education. Education, you know, and I went back and I got a master's in business and I got a master's in education and I understand the importance of educating because my mother was an educator, my sister, my grandmother. So I too went in the classroom. I've taught high school. I've taught elementary. I understand education. Uh, they have a couple programs, and I want to talk about one. They have Anaheim University that stepped up. And in 2015, they offered scholarships to five, five scholarships to NBRPA members to cover the entire tuition of a graduation program through their online university. Uh, you know, that's just fantastic. Discrete online um, degree without an on-campus destruction, uh, distractions. But there's flexibility to do your work in the comfort of your own home if you want to do it online. But you can also go firsthand as well. You can interact with your professors. You can also attend live wherever you are in the world. Your smartphones and computers also can work. But the model helps interactions with top quality professors and students. And you're a student, and you're going to be working with other students and your professor. And this opportunity that Anaheim University has made available to NBRPA members was taken full advantage of. Five members stepped up, five members got their degrees, and five more scholarships will be available soon. That's great. And it's it, especially when you're trying to make a living, it's, it's conducive to the, to the flexibility that you need in regards to when you will have time to actually sit down and, and study for your classes and, and eventually get that degree. So that's it's great news. You know? And we have a very smart man on the line, John Inglesby, the host of Voice America's All Around Sports Show on Fridays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time out of the East Coast. John, you're centered out of Boston, is that correct? Johnny there? So Matt, it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, thank you. It's good well, to have you. So we're talking yeah. about the NBRPA and, and the retired player's journey into uh, the streamlining of real life, so to speak, afterwards, after the lights are off and after the jersey's taken off. Have you had any contact with retired players in, in the, on the East Coast, and, and have they shared any stories with you about what they're doing now? Uh, aside from charities, which I'm sure a lot of them are a part of, we'll get to that later, like what they're doing with their day-to-day lives? Yes, I've actually uh, interviewed a number of players on this very topic, and the range is wide as to what they're up to, and it can be anything from coaching to officiating becoming entrepreneurs, being involved in the business world, uh, and on and on and on. But the common thread that I see time and time again is just about every one of them started planning for their next career while they were playing. And, and that trend I think has that changed, would be John. The number one piece of advice, to who was up, if I was the one giving the advice that I would say to any current athlete, uh, take a... You know, take advantage of anything that's offered. 
by the leagues they play in, number one, courses, what have you, internships. And then, uh, you know, roll it, roll it forward from there and just be ready. So the shock of uh, leaving the game that they've been playing all their life is not uh, so severe because they have something uh, to fall back on that they've already been working on. And, and this, I absolutely agree with you on that advice, and not enough of us take it. I didn't. I wasn't prepared. And there's other, many others that aren't, and I know that that trend is changing. Uh, even in my era, uh, you know, when I was drafted in 1992, and that was really when this organization started, interesting, uh, interestingly enough. But... I still wasn't, you know, I played 10 years pro ball when it was over. I, I just figured I'd play forever, and it's a now what thing. And I wish I'd have taken that advice that you just shared, John. I wish I would have. And more and more and more are now having that opportunity. Uh, we're speaking with John Inglesby. He's got a show right here on Voice America called All Around Sports on Fridays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, please be sure to check out Rebound TV on Voice America TV. It's a... Uh, a new-ish endeavor for Voice America as a media conglomerate, and uh, there's a lot of good content on there. We have Matt Fish uh, in interviewing I was watching today, Major Jones, who's going to be hopefully our guest in the next segment, the uh, president for the Houston chapter of the NBRPA. There's just countless amount of information right now you can watch uh, with your eyes instead of listening with your ears, which you know kind of lends to me a little bit more and these damn millennials that we all talk about. Uh, so the Voice America TV is great. You can check out the Rebound channel. A lot of great content content on there. John, let's shift to the second round of the NBA playoffs. Unfortunately, your Boston Celtics were ousted by Atlanta right after we talked that night. Uh, didn't It seemed like Isaiah Thomas was uh, biting off a little more than he could chew. He didn't have a lot of help with Avery Bradley going down earlier in the series. What do you see as a common theme, and what do you predict to happen in the upcoming uh, rounds in the playoffs this year? Well, I think it's, uh, you know... Crazy would be the common theme I've been seeing. I mean, uh, we needn't go back any further than the utterly crazy ending to the Spurs OKC game the other night. Utterly remarkable where the NBA came, comes out the next day and admits to five potential violations, none of which were called in the last 13 seconds of that game. Of course, if Manu Ginobili, who committed the first, is called for stepping out of bounds, then nothing ever happens after that. But obviously the most blatant uh, one was, you know, Dion Waiters uh, elbowing Manu Ginobili moments after he had stepped out of bounds. And, uh, you know, forget the the three-foot rule that you have to give the inbound to three feet to uh, inbound the ball. But, you know, you you take that wild ending plus... uh, yeah, you know, last uh, two nights ago, the uh, the Heat and the Raptors and mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, who is literally shooting the lowest percentage in the history of basketball in the postseason, this postseason. Uh, lo and behold, he hits a you know midcourt shot to tie the game, uh, you know at the buzzer, and then you'd think they would ride that high, the Raptors. Uh, obviously they didn't, and the Heat practically held him scoreless and, you know, pretty much one-handedly scored the first eight, ten points of overtime, and, and that was that. Last night, the uh, Pacers, or excuse me, the Cavaliers, raining down a record 25 threes on the Atlanta Hawks. It was, again, uh, 
you know, something we've never seen before. And then, uh, and by the way, that's the exact line that they've been saying about, uh, you, you know, about the Dion Waiters non-call, uh, that they have never seen that before. And then, uh, you know, out to Golden State, and, you know, Portland controlled that game the other night pretty much, start, you know, until the fourth quarter. Had pretty much a, anywhere from a 5- to 12-point lead throughout the game. And then Golden State, obviously, without Steph Curry, uh, outscores them something like 34-12 to 12 in the fourth quarter and, and wins going away. So it's been a remarkable week, a crazy week. And, again, we've had a couple of things that we've literally never seen before, specifically the waiters uh, push, if you will, elbow into the chest of Ginobili and last night's record-breaking 25 threes by the Cavs. So it's fun. I enjoy watching it, that's for sure. John, we, sure need, to, do too. we need to talk about this. You can't take away everything that I want to say. <laughs> this, is, this, this is not how this works. <laughs> no, that was very eloquently put. Thank you for that. And I will just note that, thankfully, after the first round, we're actually getting something to talk about. Yeah. You know, it was Indeed. obviously the polarization of of the level of talent between the top and bottom of both conferences, primarily in the West, because you know Indiana took uh, Indiana took uh, Toronto to seven games, and it looks like Miami it, it's going to be a long series there. It's funny you talk about uh, the Raptors, and I'm going to touch on them first because I spoke with somebody close to the franchise yesterday, and he told me that all regardless of all of the whirlwind that's going on in the great white north up there is that they're still positive in the locker room. He talked to a couple of the players. Everybody's still okay with losing game one at home, especially in the fashion that they did where they just laid down in overtime and in Miami took over. Now, having said that, Kyle Lowry is not really a shooter and he's not really a scorer. He's kind of a hybrid one of the two. And if he were a shooter, you just have to wait till he would just snap out of it, and then he'd hit eight, eight, in, uh, hit eight in a row if I could talk. And scores, it's a little bit more difficult because you usually exert more energy to getting the ball in the basket than you do with the shooter, especially three-point shooters a la Kyle Clover and people like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they change their game plan, and it's really going to be on Dwayne Casey to get them closer to the basket as opposed to just jacking threes all day because him and DeMar DeRozan aren't really three-point shooters. They shoot a lot of them. They get streaky from time to time, but you're going to need to get them closer to the basket, and they're both great finishers around the basket. So I don't really understand as to why... Uh, they're just re- reverting back to their three-point shooting days. Is there anything else that you see? I understand that they don't really have a low-post presence, which is unfortunate. They really don't have anybody to score besides these two. So do you think that they're just doomed to lose to a more talented Miami team? We know it appears that way. You know, First of all, I think the loss the other night in Game 1 was something like their ninth straight Game 1 loss in a playoff series. Kind of odd. They also have that Red Sox curse thing going on up there in Toronto where there seems to be, you know, a sense of dread about the result, although the fans are just great both inside and outside the arena, as we all can see every time there's a game from up there. But, uh, you know, the the key is is that Lowry and DeRozan, you know, uh, are are the engine of that team. They need to, you know, uh, they need to produce no different than, you know, Curry and Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson are out in you know Golden State. I mean, they are the strength uh, and you know the oil to that engine for Toronto. So when they're not 
going, you know, when they're not running properly like any machine should, I think the whole team just falters. You know, I'll give them credit for, like, hanging in there, but, you know, it just seems like it was an uphill battle for them the whole way. And even when they finally, you know, got to the top of the mountain with the midcourt shot by Lowry, uh, you know, that was it. They had nothing left after that. Well, maybe Lowry should shoot from the half court all the time the way he's been shooting. I tell <laughs> well, exactly, you. Exactly, yes. His percentage couldn't be much worse, could it? <laughs> no. no. Something like that. Uh, again, it's an all-time record low. That's all that you need to say. I had a chance to go up there in Toronto because the All-Star game was there this year, and they're certainly pumped You know, with the We Are North motto they're excited their fans are still behind them it's a fantastic place to play i know it's a huge arena they seat a lot of people in there as well as they're seating people on the outside so it's a buzz it really is a buzz but at the same time with goran dravich doing what he's doing man he was just awesome and 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 i know a little of his game because being here in phoenix you know it was sad to see him being traded off and that was a steal for the heat as far as i'm concerned and you know goran stepped in and did whatever that he's capable of doing with the 26 points and you know Bosch is out though for the heat and they've announced that today so he's no longer going to be around and they need his size but they don't need his size to beat the rafters right now and you know you can cheer all you want up there we are north and you can you know believe and believe but if you continue to play you're doing you know DeRozan had 22 it's not enough and Lowry you know if, if, if a half court shot is what we have to revert to he's going to go on and win this thing but uh, certainly it's been interesting to see the north siders getting it uh, getting excited up there and getting behind basketball you know that's been fun too so um, um, I certainly uh, I'm happy that the Raptors are where they're at uh, and, and they have a future and just not in this playoff yeah well I think there there's no arena that I enjoy watching a game from more than Toronto <laughs> I think their fans are literally the best out there right now they're just totally into it and, of course, then we have, uh, you know, but the other thing they have to think about is, you know, Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, he's channeling his 2008 inner self uh, from the championship back in the days with Shaq, and he is just looking at the end of games, and this, of course, includes the Charlotte first round uh, when uh, he's doing some things we haven't seen in years, uh, you know, at the end of games. And then, you know, when he's not doing it, Dragic is, and I, I, I find Dragic and I, like many others, really hadn't seen seen him too much over the past few years. I didn't know really too much about his game, but he is. He reminds me a lot of Manu Ginobili, actually. Well, Steve, yeah. Steve Nash was his. And, yeah, Steve Nash so. basically mentored him while he was out here in Phoenix. You know what a better mentor than Steve Nash. Yeah, and it's uh, oh. it's 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 an interesting transition for him because now. Uh, coming from Phoenix, and we have to go to break in a minute, and John, hopefully we'll stay with you because we want to talk about the rest of the playoffs uh, right out leading up to Major Jones coming on. Um, it's interesting to see when there's actual expectations for Goran Dragic because there never really have been. He's never really been on a team that's been relevant. We'll talk about that, uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, John Inglesby on the phone. We'll be back. Rebound Radio. We're coming back in a minute. You guys don't go anywhere. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. We have John Inglesby on the line. You can follow Matt at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Upcoming news for the NBRPA, Rebound, Magazine, everything. That is your source. Uh, give your email address that's correct again. What is it? Mattfish at reboundmagazine.com? Yes, it is. Okay, we'll change out on the promo, so do not be misled. John, do you have a handle, uh, Twitter handle? It's IIRJohn is the Twitter handle, at IIRJohn. At IIRJohn. So make yeah, sure to check that out. Of, most of my stuff is on my website at IIRSports. That's IIR, like India, India Railroad, sports, one word, dot com. Cool. And uh, check out his show on Voice America, All Around Sports, on Friday at on Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, tell me again, we, we cut you off early. Where are you located out of? Where are you centered out of? I'm up here in Boston. That's what I thought. Okay. And, uh, have been for years, so uh, we've had a good run up here. It's been a good good 10 years a little disappointing last thursday night with the celtics but uh, uh a lot to look forward to with the stockpile of draft picks as well as the uh salary cap room should be an interesting off season up here this year yeah hopefully uh the, hopefully the nba will have a, a, a relevance not the right word because they have been irrelevant but have a power at least a mini power coming up in the next year or two uh back in beantown because that's the, the nba is always better when that when that dark green uh, you know, pierces people's eyes with fear like it did from, you know, pretty much the beginning of time all the way through the 80s and early 90s. So hopefully that will uh, come back to Beantown for you and uh, so you won't have to rely on the Red Sox so much uh, for, um, you know, for stardom. So we're going back, Miami Heat, uh, take game one, 102-96 over the Toronto Raptors after Kyle Lowry's 40-plus foot shot at the buzzer uh, to force overtime. 
Miami kind of took care of business, and the, and the rest was history. Before the break, we were talking about Goran Dragic, and out here in Phoenix, out here in the desert, we got to see him grow up from from a pup, pretty much. When Steve Nash was here, mid-2000s, Goran Dragic was this kid uh, from Europe that nobody really heard about, uh, lefty. You know, in a playoff game, Steve Nash was taken out at the end of the third quarter. I remember this vividly. It was either at the end of the third quarter or the start of the fourth quarter. I believe it was against San Antonio. And Dragic put up 22 points in the fourth quarter, never had to bring Steve Nash back in. And that was the birth of Goran Dragic. And after Steve Nash left, uh, everybody thought he was going to be the heir apparent. He got traded to Houston. He got bounced around. They brought him back. And then they chose, the Suns franchise chose Eric Bledsoe over Goran Dragic, even though Goran Dragic pretty much is the only cornerstone that Phoenix Suns basketball has or had at the time of his trade. Gets traded to Miami, which is a fantastic situation for him. He got paid. He's on a great team now. And he doesn't have to wear you know, the, the the wet cloth of having to score 30 points a game for a team to be relevant. He just has to play Goran Dragic Euro basketball, not, you know, get too many assists. He doesn't, he's more of a five, six assist range at the high end, but you get some from Dwayne Wade. You get scoring from all over the place. And Miami's a scary team. Imagine if they did have Chris Bosh. You know, you'd have Hassan Whiteside at the five, Chris Bosh at the four, and then just add Joe Johnson, Dwayne Wade, and Goran Dragic, and you have your three-guard system, which is now the customary lineup in the NBA. I'm not sure what will happen in the future, but for right now, the Miami Heat look good, and they look poised, and they look like a veteran team. Even though Hassan Whiteside's pretty young, he's never really played important games in his life. Dwayne Wade has has drank from the Tuck Everlasting Fountain of Youth, and you can thank uh, LeBron James for that because I, we talked about that in our first show. He needs to thank LeBron James for elongating his career by at least three or four years because of the lack of minutes he had to play to keep the Miami Heat at the top of the Eastern Conference. John, what do you see as maybe a weakness of the Miami Heat? Well, good question. I, I think more than anything, it's uh, you know the underneath game. Uh, you know, Whiteside is raw. He makes spectacular plays, especially blocks. Um, but, you know, he, he's erratic and uh, an interesting personality, shall we say. Enigmatic would be a word I would use with him. Uh, but I just think that, you know, underneath is, is their weakness versus, uh, of course, Wade and Drogic at the guard spots. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Johnson... He's dangerous. He's very dangerous. But again, you know, when I think of him, I think of you know a shooter, a pure shooter. And you know, we of course watched him up in Boston, and we've all watched him many other places. He's had a nice career, and he's gotten paid too, and uh, throughout. But I just think you know, their potential Achilles heel, which would have been solved if Bosch was playing, but now that's not going to happen this year. We all know that now, and. Uh, you know, so I just think that's the one area where they could be beaten, you know, moving forward, especially if it's against the Cavs. Yeah, I, I agree, too. You know, and, and as we have the Dragon coming back and doing what he does, it's interesting to see some of these centers uh, being less important. And they've got four people that are guards and ball handlers on a lot of these evolution of the game. So is it a big uh, 
you know, setback for Bosch not being there. I, I truly think it is because he's so multi-talented and can shoot from the outside, can pass very well, sees the floor well, and is really a commander on the on the floor for a big man. I mean, I tell you, they are going to miss him immensely. It's it's fun though to see the dragon step up and and do what he's doing. I think he's going to fill that void. Uh, but Joe Johnson's a beast, and you say he's a pure shooter. He is, but he's a big dude too. He can score from the inside or at least you know mid range. He can rise up over you, and he's a, a wide body, and he doesn't mind battling every now and again either. Yeah, uh, he's he's also very clutch, and he's kind of shown recently over the past four or five years, his last couple years in Atlanta, and then uh, his time in in Brooklyn, albeit a lot of uh, irrelevant time there due to uh, actual competition, but. Uh, you sh- he's definitely one of the more clutch-, clutch players in the NBA. He's a lot bigger than people think, as, as Matt alluded to. And uh, we'll see where that goes. We've got to move on. Let's move to Cleveland. Yeah. Ugh, Cleveland and Atlanta. This this is probably the only yawn series uh, of the second round in the Eastern Conference. Again, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. John Inglesby on the line. Rebound Radio. Do not forget to check out the Rebound Channel on Voice America TV. Up-and-coming stuff. Matt has very, very good interviews there. We had one with Major Jones, as I alluded to earlier earlier and who is your most recent one with uh robert kiyosaki so he's a rich dad poor dad and uh, he he gave a lot of good advice about financial literacy and the approach of 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 these pro athletes and kind of how they should you know go about you know with their money and and giving them some good advice and you know if it's coming from a guy like uh rich dad poor dad who's written 26 books you know it's coming from somewhere where there's definitely some financial education in that big skull of his i haven't read 26 books I don't so I, I don't really uh, I can't really comprehend that. Uh, okay, but that's great. Yeah, Voice America TV, check it out. Rebound Channel, a lot of good content on there. It's just going to be more and more in the upcoming days, weeks, and months. So please don't forget to check that out. Cleveland Cavaliers, if you uh, were sleeping under a rock for the past about eighteen hours, just manhandled the Atlanta Hawks at home, one twenty three ninety eight. 18 three-pointers in the first half for Cleveland, 11 total field goals for Atlanta in the first half. That usually amounts to right around a 40-point deficit for Atlanta. I think it was 38 or something right around there. J.R. Smith was out of his mind. LeBron James was actually making three-pointers, even though he was statistically the worst three-point shooter in the NBA this year. At least three-quarters of the way through the season he was, and three-quarters of the way through the season is good enough for me. The one issue that I've had that I had from last night was Kevin Love. Three for 12. I only know I know he only played 26 minutes. This is going to be a pressing issue in the future because Kevin Love is not JJ Redick. Kevin Love is not Cal Corver. Kevin Love is not somebody that can stand behind the three-point line, open defended whatever coming off picks and consistently knock down three-pointers. Yes, he gets streaky. He's got a great touch. Usually it's from around 18 feet, which is where his bread and butter was, on pick-and-rolls, pick-and-pops when he was in Minnesota when he was averaging 25 and 15. This could be an issue if when they do, if and or when they do play Golden State or San Antonio in the finals because he is not a shooter, and LeBron needs the lane open. That's why they have Tristan Thompson who can step away. He's not an offensive force to begin with. You have Ke- uh, Kyrie Irving who's on the perimeter anyways, Iman Shepard, and J.R. Smith are our perimeter players also. So Kevin Love is really the only guy who's made his money up to this point in the paint. And this could potentially be a huge issue unless Kevin Love has the last two rounds of his life when, in fact, he's never really played an important game besides uh, starting from Game 1 against Detroit last series. So having said all that, long-winded as I am, Cleveland's good. Cleveland's really good. And Cleveland is the most not talked about team in the NBA 
since the All-Star break. It's always been the West. It's been Golden State. It's been San Antonio. And a little-known fact is that Cleveland made the second-most threes out of any team this year. Second-most threes. It was also 200 behind Golden State. But they can shoot the rock from three. Not necessarily Kevin Love alone. You have Jarrett Smith. You have Kyrie Irving. You shoot the majority of them and make the majority of them. John, from the East Coast, you've had to deal with LeBron in Miami, in Cleveland, whatever jersey he's bearing. What do you see from this Cleveland Cavaliers franchise that scares you the most? Well, I mean, obviously LeBron James is just, you know, the most unstoppable force in basketball and has been for a while. Uh, it's just that simple. He, he, when he puts his head down and heads into the lane, he is just about impossible to stop. Uh, from either scoring or getting on the line or both. Um, so, yeah, that's it. You know, and just uh, touching on your Kevin Love point, uh, yeah, I think we all just keep waiting to see the Kevin Love we got used to in Minnesota and, for that matter, UCLA, and uh, it just doesn't feel like a fit quite yet. It feels like it could come at any moment, but it really hasn't come here in two years. Uh, but it, you know, it's not hurting him right now. Uh, you know, they're the, they're undefeated in the playoffs. So they've won six in a row. Have yet to be beaten. Mm. And uh, as you said, you know, they're they're putting up some great three point statistics and whatnot uh, with Kyrie Irving and uh, of course Jr. So, but you know, what scares me the most for sure about the Cavs is and always will be. LeBron, especially when he's dishing, and if he is hitting the three, um, plus you know you have to—he's he's a man on a mission yeah. uh, for this year. Obviously, driven to bring that championship to Cleveland back home. So uh, yeah, I mean, you have to give him credit. You're right; they haven't been talked about much, but uh, certainly uh, they've come to play so far this postseason. Some of the ra- uh, records they broke—it was ten threes in the second quarter. 18 threes in the first half and 25 threes in the game are all records. Talk about a barrage. And I agree with you with LeBron. He's in the peak of his prime. He's a freight train when he goes to the rock. And when he's going there hard, you don't even want to take a charge. You just get out of his way. Well, it's even crazy that he dropped, what, 10 pounds in the offseason two seasons ago? He looks thin. Like he looks like he's, he's, he's done more yoga and Pilates than, than bench pressing. Which is which is the new the new way to, to for longevity in the NBA now, Matt? If you have Tristan Thompson down low, who doesn't have really a low post game, you know he's got a nice little baby hook yeah. uh, when he's in the middle of the key. He doesn't really have a, a great ride. I think he's left-handed. I, I, he doesn't have really great amb, ambidexterity. Yeah. Ambidexterity is that a word? I, I, I told you I make up words, so it, it's only going to get worse <laughs> from here. And Timothy Mozgov, who's kind of become irrelevant because people are playing really small ball more now. Yeah. Uh, what do you see from the big guys that they could improve on? Well, the big guys have to find ways to you know, be a part of the game. They have to be more active. They have to move their feet. They have to look for passes. They have to make sure that they are. If their job was to reverse the ball, which has been my job before, then you would just reverse that ball the best way you know how. But at the same time, make sure that you're capable of moving your feet more. Uh, find yourself being able to slide. Make sure that you're covering more of the court because you have longer legs. But beyond that, make sure that you 
pass the ball well. I think all big men nowadays absolutely have to have a good passing uh, skill set, whether it be cutters, whether it be cross-court passes, whether it be, you know, even just making the extra pass. It has to happen, and um, um, especially with the evolution of the game becoming more of a quicker, you know, smaller game. 888-346-9144. Please call in if you have any questions for Matt, John, or myself. Follow Matt Fish at Rebound Talk. We will talk a little bit more about upcoming events uh, for the NBRPA and Rebound Magazine. John, we will talk about your show and, and your structure because we didn't touch on that last week, and I'd like to do that. We need to move to the Western Conference. We have three minutes left in this segment, then we'll try to jam-pack the rest of it into the next segment. But the Western Conference is more fun. I mean, it, it has been more fun, and it continues to be, in my uh, humble opinion. Let's talk Golden State. And Portland, uh, I, there was a huge mistake, I think, that uh, Terry Stotts made. A, he almost won the Coach of the Year this year. He should have, I think. This team was, was slated to win 22 games, and they ended up uh, surm- over-surmounting that by you know, a lot uh, for you know, rudimentary terms. Uh, they're up seven points with 11 minutes left and on the road. And I understand it's San Steph Curry, but Golden State was definitely the worst team up to that point in the 37 minutes that were played up to that point. And Terry Stotts decides to take out Damian Lillard. And I understand that you can't play 48 minutes every game, especially as a young player, unless you want to end up like Derrick Rose. You know, uh, Tom Thibodeau has gotten crap for always overplaying his players. Joe Kim Noah is a better example, probably. But when you're up seven in a playoff game, on the road, in a must-win situation... You don't take out your best player. You take him out for he was taken out for two minutes, and after that, Golden State went nuts. It doesn't matter if he does anything on the court; he has to demand a defensive body on him at all times, if not two. And when he's off the court, the defense can relax and take more chances and do things like that. I think that was a huge mistake by Terry Stotts. So, having said all that, Golden State is up 2-0. They have three games off, which is a very nice little reprieve. Even though Steve Kerr came out and said today that Steph Curry most likely will not play in Game 3. Matt, I'm going to ask you, what does Portland have to do in Game 3, besides scoring more points than Golden State, to compete with and end up winning Golden State and staying in this series? Well, they have to put together four quarters. I mean, they were outscored 32-12 to in that fourth quarter. I believe John alluded to that. I mean, you just got to put an entire game together. You have to withstand the runs from the other team you know they're going to come but with these runs turn into you know 5 10 20 points next thing you know it's very very difficult to overcome and you know those guys uh, I tell you the Golden State Warriors uh, they've found a way to win maybe they've uh, maybe they've unlocked the secret the two streak secret of surviving uh, your major superstar that's injured just don't play tough games without him if you don't play against tough teams, you're going to win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That that's that is a rule to live by right there. You should be an NBA head coach. I'll tell you what. Uh, we do have to take a break. On the other side, we'll continue the Warriors Trailblazers talk. We'll touch on maybe the most exciting series of them all: the San Antonio Spurs and Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get John Inglesby's take on uh, both those games. We'll talk about Rebound Radio, Rebound Magazine, the NBRPA. On the other side of the break, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. John Ingles be on the line. We will be right back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. John Inglesby on the line. You can catch his show on Voice America, all around sports, Fridays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Matt Fish's email address is mattfish at rebound magazine, not radio like the promo promo said. So if you want to catch Matt for anything, Rebound Magazine or the NBRPA, the National Basketball Retired Players Association, please feel free to to reach out to him. Follow him at Rebound Talk on Twitter. We have a few upcoming events that we need to talk about right now that have the utmost importance. Then we'll get back to the Western Conference uh, semifinals. Matt, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Real quick, uh, this next Saturday, so it'll be a week from Saturday on May 14th from 7 in the morning till noon over by the Metro Mall in Phoenix, Arizona, we're going to do a dribble for cancer. So we are going to break the Guinness World Book of Record by dribbling basketballs all at the same time. The record's 8,996, and we plan on beating that. You want to take a look at where you can get a hold of there, go to dribbleforcancer.org. You can take a look at what we're doing. It's going to be a great day. A lot of families are going to come out. We're going to give away a lot of tickets to the Suns games and to the Mercury games and whatever else have you. Uh, We have 9,000 balls there to make sure we have enough. Everybody gets to walk away with the ball. But, you know, a variety of different things. We're going to have former NBA, WNBA players up there, Annie Myers-Drysdale. We're going to have the gorilla up there. I'm just going to come up there. Tim Kempton's going to be there. So there's going to be Eddie Johnson. I believe several players will be there. You know, we want to, we're excited about breaking that record. We're excited about making a difference and and searching for, you know, a a solve for the big C word, cancer. And that's May 14th? May 14th. Give me that location again. It's at the Metro Mall in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, it will be right outside in the parking lot area. Uh, you're going to see it. It's going to be quite an event. So we're excited. There's no excuse for, for you not to show up. It will not be 100 degrees. So there's really no reason. You could probably even wear a light jacket here in Arizona <laughs> because it is still that gorgeous. We actually have yeah. a spring. Uh, we actually have a spring this year, which is fantastic. I digress. 
John Inglesby on the line joining us talking Western Conference semifinals. And don't forget to check out Voice America TV. Check out the Rebound channel. Matt Fish has some great interviews up, including Major Jones and Mr. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who's written 26 books. Give me his name one more time. Kiyosaki. Yeah, he's (laughs) a very, very brilliant man. So please check out a, a lot more great content on there as well. So we have Golden State going to Portland Saturday night. Favorable scheduling by the NBA for Golden State with Steph Curry being out with the uh, with the MCL sprain. Steve Kerr came out and said today that he probably won't play, which is fine. Klay uh, Thompson is playing at an MVP caliber. So is Draymond Green. Who would have thought that second-round pick would have worked out this yeah. well, huh? And mm-hmm. it's interesting that he got overlooked by so many so many teams. Yeah, I think they went to the Elite Eight his senior year. He was a senior which is a four-letter word now with, with people drafting players in the NBA. Buddy Heald from Oklahoma is dropping like rocks because he's not as young as these 18-, 19-year-olds coming out of Kentucky and the like, which I will never understand. Maybe that's my old-school mindset. But before the break, we were asking Matt what, he, what Portland needed to do to, uh, to, to maybe get a win out of these Golden State Warriors, and you said play four quarters <laughs> and score more points, which is huge. John, what do you think? Is there any X factor that Portland has uh, that they need to exploit in an effort to beat Golden State at home? Well, I think it just has to be, you know, Damian Lillard. He is a uh, tremendous ball player. I mean, he is just uh, fun to watch, extremely talented. We all remember that shot he hit to win a series. uh, Long-range three-pointer a couple years ago, one of the great visuals of the year from that postseason and you know he just simply has to uh, to drive the bus for them to have any chance he I think for them to win uh, game three which they have to win obviously uh, he has to have you know a singular virtuoso performance and I'm talking 40 and and just you know really say almost single-handedly propel his team to victory and everybody else needs to you know be all in for the ride as well. Now I'm going to ask both you guys this question, and I uh, I don't want to sound insensitive, but I'm going to. Uh, do you think it was a mistake for him to re-sign a big deal in Portland to be the quote-unquote nice guy? I think it was a huge mistake. And there, the reason why I say that is there's really been no culture of winning in Portland. And C.J. McCollum, if he didn't jump his points-per-game average by 14 points from Season 1 to Season 2, and he won the Most Improved Player of the Year award, congratulations for him. Uh, he was the surprise of the season in my, in my eyes, especially for people that don't know a lot about basketball. They didn't know who he was. Having said that, if I were Damian Lillard, I would have taken $10 million less and gone somewhere else and maybe put myself in a position to win because he's there for many years, and unless it's through the draft... They're not going to get anybody that wants to go there, in my opinion. It's Portland. It's Pacific Northwest. This isn't Seattle that has the culture of great fandom across all four major sports. And everything. I mean, even in the kingdom with Seattle with Ken Griffey, and then you have the Seahawks now, and when Sean Kemby, Gary Payton, and, and George Carl were there, when they ran into Jordan all those times, but they were always relevant. This is Portland. 
And I think it was a huge mistake. Do you, Matt? Oh, Clancy, you can sit here and talk about take 10 million less, but then take 10 million less and see how that feels. Uh, <laughs> you know, he is, uh, and you touched on it, John, he is a fantastic Lillard. Man, man, he's so good. But I tell you, this C.J. McCollum came out of nowhere, and I believe he's a difference maker. I think he's the one who's taken Portland to where they're at right now. I mean, no one saw him coming. No one was prepared for him, I don't think. And he came out, and like you said, sixth man of the, of the year. What a great award to, to put in his back pocket. That's fantastic. He'll continue to make sure that he will get better and better and better. This Portland has an upside. They do have an upside. It's it's not going to happen in this playoff, but they do have something to work with, you know, for next year. Um, and you're right. That's a long contract for Lillard. Um, but, uh, hey, man, when you lock down big money like that, it's also very, very uh, – it makes your wife happy. <laughs> there you go. John, what do you think? Well – there must be somebody who likes about Portland. Uh, I was a little surprised, you know, and of course, uh, looking back with, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge not re-signing with Portland, of course, going to San Antonio where he's been as fantastic there as he was in Portland. Uh, yeah, it, may, it makes you wonder a little bit, but, you know, Matt's right, leaving $10 million on the table is easy, easy for me and you to say, but, you know, when it's uh, your bank account, it's probably a little different and, uh, you know, he does have a great running mate there in C.J. McCollum. If I remember correctly, he was uh, he was the guy that took Lehigh deep into the NCAA tournament. A that couple is years correct. Ago, correct. That is correct. Yes, he, he, I mean, he certainly showed what he was made of then, and uh, and you know he's showing it now in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, again, the, the two of them. You know, have a chance to do something special, but let's face it, I mean, you know, they have to win game three to have even any chance, and even that would, uh, you, you know, would still keep the chances very slim. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, just, just finishing up on this Damian Lillard thing, uh, it's interesting that a four-year starter at Lehigh and a four-year starter at Weber State are now maybe the second or third best backcourt duo in the NBA. So that is pretty special. My sensitive side's coming out now. <laughs> I don't like being the jerk that I just was. So that's that's interesting. I hope they get a big guy, having said all that. I hope they get a big guy that goes and plays there so they can actually get some help because you don't want to be Lowry and DeRozan up north with no help. You know, the regular season is the regular season, but Damian Lillard is a primetime performer, and CJ McCollum is proving to be as well. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that uh, throughout the upcoming week, and hopefully we'll, we'll be talking about a Portland win uh, next Thursday on this show. Finally, the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Shocking to many, Oklahoma City was the best team for 48 minutes in Game 2 in San Antonio, which was tied for the toughest place to play in the regular season. And oh you know second that's right they lost twice at home I believe or, or no, this, yeah this was their second this was their second Golden State yeah. lost twice yeah. at home during the regular season yeah. uh, the freakish play at the end with Dion Waiters shoving uh, or you know lightly brushing <laughs> depending on your vantage point Manu Ginobili and I'll just say David Stern somewhere was shaking his fist in in happiness and saying karma is a female dog Manu Ginobili because your whole career has been you flop more than anybody in the NBA. They finally started uh, fining you. You probably got fined $50,000 in flops in your career. So this was kind of a karma situation uh, to some people. But having said all of this, I still think that San Antonio is the better team. And I really I don't think that there's really a doubt in that, in my humble opinion. And uh, But the two out of the three best players 
could potentially be on Oklahoma City. I think it's Kawhi Leonard's one. I still think, regardless of the numbers on the stat sheet, Kawhi Leonard impacts the game the most on both sides of the both sides of the ball combined. You have him one. I think Russell Westbrook's two, and I think uh, Kevin Durant and Lamarcus Aldridge are three and three A. Matt, do you have any any uh, qualms with that? No, I tell you, you're right with L- L- Leonard. He makes that difference in there. But, man, I, I, OK City's got a great mindset. They're really tough physically and, and emotionally and, and mentally. They stick together. You saw when Russell Westbrook was taken out of the game there, he kind of he so wears his emotions on his sleeve that you could see he was getting frustrated. But you also saw when he came in, it was like someone lit a fire under him. He just went hard and got done what needed to be done. So, hey, man, as a coach, that's a pretty good move. Well, Unfortunately, yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately for them, they're playing with everything to lose because they're playing with Kevin Durant to lose. Every waking possession from here until the end of their season, which could end in a championship. We've seen crazier things happen. We've seen Jim Valvano run through the NCAA tournament. But the odds are against them winning a championship. So every possession is with Kevin Durant to lose, which could be a huge burden to them, albeit a subconscious one, it could be a huge burden to them throughout the rest of the playoffs. John, what do you think about this? John, what do you think about every single possession being exciting in a game? (laughs) Being very important. What do you think of that? (laughs) In this series, it is, actually. It's far and away, in my mind, the most marquee of the four series here in the second round. I think... uh, you know, it, it, it's all going to depend with Kevin Durant on, you know, how it ends, number one. You, you know, if they if they would lose this series the way they lost game one, just embarrassed, I think he's, he, he's out. Uh, I think a big reason that they played so well in game two was because they were just uh, mortally embarrassed uh, in game one. I mean, and, you know, to their everlasting credit, they, uh, they showed up and... You know, all year long, as we all know, they had trouble closing games. They were, uh, you know, lost uh, how many countless games, it seemed, with fourth quarter leads. And, you know, so to see them close out game two and actually win it in San Antonio, of all places, uh, with that crazy, crazy ending, which in the end, it just worked to their advantage. It was chaotic. And for whatever reason... Uh, they they handled the chaos better than San Antonio did in that final 13 seconds. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean I, I think as far as KD's future, it's all gonna it's still still to be decided just uh, on how it's all gonna play out here. You know, most importantly, are they gonna win the series? And if that happens, then you know what happens if the, you know assuming they play Golden State. There's a million ways it can go, but I just think it's. Uh, you know, going to all depend on just, you know, what we have in front of us here in the next five games or three to five games. So it's going to be fun to watch, though, but I agree that, you know, it is KD on the line. Well said, Alex. I mean, it's, you know, it's an all or nothing game, that's for sure. John Inglesby is joining us. He is putting off his fried clams dinner out in Boston (laughs) to sit and talk basketball with us. We couldn't be more lucky. John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can listen to him every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on Voice America's All Around Sports. John, we'll talk to you next week, all right? My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Matt and Alex, and uh, I look forward to next week. Thanks Great. again. We'll Thanks. talk to you Thanks, then. John.
Man, he's great. he's great, isn't he? He's great. Yeah. So we've we've covered everything. It's easier with less series to talk about and actually more engaging things to talk about. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio. Rebound channel on Voice America TV. Check it out. We will be posting more and more content. You might even see my ugly mug on there from time to time. Uh, if we can get some sort of screen, you know, little emoji to put over. I don't really know how video works, but they do here. Randy is fantastic. He taught us Skype. Randy's the man here. Yep. John Missile, uh, yep. Jeff Bernard, everybody's doing such a yep. great job here to start up the Voice America TV sector. It's been started. I'm not saying yep. it's it's just launched. It's been here around for a while. Uh, Rebound Magazine, give me 30 seconds. Give me the dribble for a cause right now. Yes, yes. Dribble, dribble for, for cancer. cancer. Sorry. Yep. Dribbleforcancer.org. Check it out. We're going to beat the Guinness World Booker record. And I'm telling you, 9,000 people dribbling a basketball at the same time is going to be something to behold. I will have uh, Voice America TV there. They're going to uh, cover the uh, event. So you can be sure to see that on the up and coming uh, voiceamerica.tv and Rebound TV. That's great. You know, that is, that, that's excellent, and I wish we could talk about this all the time. Like, I wish we could talk about this an hour a day because I'm so enthralled and intrigued by everything that you do with, with Rebound Magazine and the NBRPA. Matt Fish, for those of you who don't know, I didn't say it, which is my fault. He's the president for the Phoenix chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. He works with NBA Cares. Yep. He works with Legends of Basketball. Mm -hmm. He does so many things for charity, so this, I'm, I'm honored to, to be sharing a show with him. Thanks, uh, next week... We will cover NBA playoffs. Hopefully we'll have Major Jones. If not yeah. somebody else, we might have a special guest yep. on that is in the works. So many things are coming with Rebound Radio. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy, we will see you guys next week. Rebound Radio right here on Voice America Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.